Welcome to another episode of Don't Get This Twisted. I am the professor along with my co-host, Tina. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, professor? Oh, I'm absolutely pleasant. <laughs> wow, you almost fucked up again. Yes, I, yes, <laughs> I am not perfect. It's, no, no. Thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness none of us are. Well, t- today's uh, show, we're going to talk a little bit uh, on the um sadder side but still a show nonetheless we're going to talk about grieving death mostly in today's day and age with what's going on in the world and just in general i think um it's one of the things that's not talked about enough you know with life in general look as soon as as soon as we're born we're dying and uh death is chasing us it's just a matter of when and how do we deal with such things? Um, unfortunately for, for you, uh, you had someone pass away. And I think we're going to kind of let's just roll in really to that story first. And then we can talk about out of that, what we do as humans to grieve, what me and you would do to grieve and a little more personal experiences of that. But uh, let's, uh, let's talk about what happened to you. Okay, so... Uh, back when I was starting out as a hairdresser, I went straight from beauty school into uh, renting a station at a salon, which is kind of um, it's not something that happens very often because it's very hard to build a business and pay rent at the same time. Like normally people will go on commission and they hang out there for a couple of years, build their business and then they switch over to rent. But I walked into this little salon and between the salon owner and one of my my friends that I worked with, um, they they told me to to stick it out and they would help me create my business. So not knowing what the heck that even meant, I was like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. And I started working there. And I quickly learned that what I what I knew from beauty school was not going to sustain me in the real world. There were so many things that I didn't learn that basically I understood it to be, they got me past state board and the rest of it. I I had to learn on my (laughs) own, get mentors and different things of that nature. So working at this salon was great because I worked with people who had been hairdressers much longer than I had been. And they had knowledge and they had already gone through all the beginner stuff that I went through. Um, So this, this friend of mine, Um, she was one of those people that helped me build my business. She kind of took me under her wing, um, 15 years older than I am, but super cool. This lady was one of, she was a little firecracker. She had red hair. She was from another state. So she had a funky little accent and, you know, she was just so interesting to me because she knew everything and she was methodical in how she worked and just she she was amazing or I thought she was amazing. And so I spent a lot of time with her. And when I had questions, I would ask her or if she saw I was struggling, she'd pull me aside saying that she needed help with something real quick. And she'd tell me how to fix it 
or what to do. Like she was so cool with that. And, and normally when you work with a bunch of women, you don't get that sort of support. So this, this woman to me was extra special. And um, Mm -hmm. she and I quit working a number of years ago because uh, she decided to move out of state and live closer with her family, which she did, but we stayed in contact. I even saw her a couple of times when she came out to visit her family and uh, just one of those people that you just wanted to be around. You know, that's how I always described her. So anyway, she, uh, she came down with brain cancer and uh, wasn't expected to really live through that, but she did. Then she got lung cancer and she was dealing with that, but still holding her own. Then she contracted COVID. Now, believe it or not, she got through COVID, but what COVID did to her body was basically what, uh, what took her, you know, to her demise. Um, She, she was on a, a ventilator and they removed everything and she, she passed away very peacefully. Um, Now this has been, she's been sick for quite some time. So I've had a lot of time to prepare. She, she actually, I was, I felt we were all fortunate because she prepared all of us. Um, We talked at great lengths about what she felt was going to happen to her and how she rejoiced in in being with with her creator and she she had such a a calming presence about it like she, it just seemed like she was completely um ready and that's where she wanted to be and she she took a lot of time saying goodbye like we we talked about you know, remember when you did that, that was so much fun. I love you T. Um, you know, we, we spent so much time together and we had so many, she was a, she was like my, my little work mom. I was fortunate to have two. And, and now that my friends passed, um, they're, they're both gone, but these women really mothered me. I, I got in trouble with them. I, I, uh, I was praised by them. I was helped by them. I was loved by them. So I was very fortunate to have to have relationships like this in my life that came out of working in the salon. Um, so I was in contact with her granddaughter. Her granddaughter let me know about 15 minutes after she had passed that she had passed. And we sat on the phone and cried together. And I tried to uh, tried to say something that was meaningful to her. I think that when people pass, they, the people that survive don't know what to say. And when you see somebody grieving and you see them hurting and you see them just in so much pain of loss, the, the anxiety of not having the right words seems to be kind of devastating. And I noticed just with me, I've been able to hold my own with my friends passing, but I noticed my friends trying to reach out. They don't know what to say and they don't mm-hmm. know what to do to, to help me. And fortunately for me, or unfortunately, death has always been a part of my life. Um, I come from a huge family, multi-generations, 
people pass on. That's just a part of life. And that's how I was taught to take it. So I have a, a pretty, a pretty good um, outlook on life. I do believe that we're going to see them again. I do believe that energy that, that keeps our soul here only will last for so long, or maybe not the energy, but like the physical presence is only supposed to say for a certain time, but the soul, the energy, it, it never, it never uh, dies. Energy doesn't die anyway. Um, it just keeps going. It's going to manifest itself differently. There's different levels to, to where you, you could go, you know, I don't know. I have, I'm sorry. I have a different opinion on, on life and death, but in dealing with death, I look at all these things because it helps me to process what happened. So in, in being consoled the last couple of days, uh, people don't know what to say. Like the sorry for your loss was one that you get often. And oh my gosh, you, you, I'm sorry that, you know, you lost somebody dear to you, but she's in a better place. Um, so I hear all these, all these things. And when, when my mom passed, she, she passed very suddenly. Um, I did not know that I was going to walk in and find her. I was the one that found her. Um, threw my body into a complete like nervous breakdown and couldn't even remember how to get into my cell phone to call for help. Um, so I had to sit there and, and go through the feeling of, of loss of my mother. So in going through that, I, I have perspectives that, that I think may be helpful for somebody going through this and wanting to be supportive. I think there's ways that we can be. Um, first of all, I would say that the thing that helped me the most was somebody just giving me a hug and saying, Hey, I'm here. Um, right. not even, I'm sorry. Cause they didn't do anything wrong. Like, sorry to me is like, you don't need to say you're sorry. You didn't do this. Um, but a hug and I love you and I know you're hurting and you know, I'm, I'm here. What, you know, like, how can I? how can I support you in this? I guess is, is more or less what, what I say to people, because when somebody close to you dies, there's no, you don't know what you need. You don't know how much you need. You don't know when you need it. You just don't even know what you're going to need. And it's almost like your, your feelings towards it. They, they jump off. They, they don't exist. Like you're just kind of in a numb form, walking through life, dealing with whatever you do, whatever you have to, and making decisions for the person and, and just feeling like a numbness because the hurt and the pain is so difficult to process. So I was sitting with my friend's granddaughter on the phone in a parking lot of a Walmart, crying our eyes out together. And I said, I don't know what to say, but I do know that your grandmother told me she is going exactly where she wants to be. And she doesn't want us to feel sad for her and her. She got to live her life to her full potential. And then she was going to go like she just no hard feelings, but I want to go. And her saying that and, and then like 
the background of her telling me how she felt like her her soul was going to be so happy and and in such a wonderful place that I couldn't help but be happy for her. Of course, missing her, of course, not having her, of course, not being able to pick up the phone and say, you know, this is what's going on with me. That's all gone. You, you don't get to do that anymore. But the memories, the love, the kindness, the support, all of that, I've noticed it stays. It doesn't go anywhere. So I try to look to that for some comfort. And um, that's where I've, I'm finding myself now. It's like how to, I feel bad that, that I said something to anybody because they want to support me and I don't know how to be supported. Um, but also how do you give that support to the family? Um, it's, it's literally a day into this. So I don't think there's really much to support other than to just be there, say you care, put your arm around them and cry with them. I think that that's, that's a pretty human thing to do at this point. Um, And just, I had a hard time listening to other people's stories. (laughs) No, it makes sense. Other people saying, oh, well, it wasn't as bad as when so-and-so passed they had, or it wasn't, people don't do that. <laughs> don't. No, I mean, you, you, there, there is no level of people dying. Right. The comparison at that point is, is not a valid topic for conversation. <laughs> Correct. No, I, I agree um, with you. I think, look, the, the death is death. I mean, it, it's all bad from someone's point of view. Right. Right. Exactly. And it was fortunate that we knew that she was sick for so long because we had time to find the closure and people that have uh, long-term illnesses, they, they get to say goodbye. If they're smart about it, they get to uh, finish things, um, apologize, forgive, um, they they get to wrap up their life in this. Well, death is not pretty, but I wanted to say pretty little package, and leave. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good a good way of putting it. Uh, death, life, and death is one big pretty package. It is, and so yeah. So in struggling with this, I'm I'm also dealing with you know my own emotions. Um, I lost somebody that I thought was the coolest person. Um, I lost somebody that I looked up to that was a mentor, that was a friend, that was a confidant, that was it was like a little mom to me. And and on the, the f- world. Yes, yes. And and someone that that I also meant something to. And and I I think that that for me is like my loss. You know, it's my, my bad. I don't have that person to uh, call in to say, oh my gosh, this is what happened. And hear in her voice, how excited or how disappointed, depending on whatever it was, you know, the friendship there, the, the, the bond that women could share 
was was broken. Like I felt like I lost my mom again. It's right. it's, it's kind of bringing up a lot of a lot of kind of crazy emotions, which some aren't even attached to her death. So all these things are going on. <laughs> right. I think, I think like you said, uh, uh, when you have someone that that's, that is that close to you, um, very motherly and you had already lost your mom, uh, there's a correlation between the two. Um, Absolutely. And I'm sure that, that losing her now has brought up mom, you know, and, and thoughts of mom and memories of mom. Well, the funny thing, when my mom passed, she was she was the first person to bring in. I guess she collected money from the shop and and she and I don't remember who who else it was, because as soon as I saw her, I said, oh, my God, I needed that. But she was the one that came with with whatever the shop had given her money for. She went to the store, bought all kinds of stuff and brought food over and was cleaning out my refrigerator and. Like just kind of taking over like a mom would so that I didn't have to do any more than what I was already going through. And so, yeah. So when she passed, that was the first thing that came to mind is she got me through a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and mommed me through it. So, yeah, it is a, a, it's, it is a struggle that I feel like I, that I'm going through. Go ahead. So that sounds like you lost another safety net. Oh yeah. Someone that you know could be there for you. And um, I, you know, I can't imagine. I, I haven't been in that situation. Uh, both my parents are still alive. So um, I, I, I don't even know the situation that you're in. Um, but again, I think being able to talk about it, I'm sure um, is a helpful thing. Yeah. You know, it's funny because when my mom passed my next door neighbor, who I am very good friends with, she's one of, one of the best. Um, she sat there and she said, I'm so sorry. I don't know what you're going through. And I kept telling her it's okay. You're not supposed to yet. Like, I don't want you to know what this feels like. I don't want you to know how hard this is. I, and I don't want you to be apologizing because you still have your parents. Like, I want right. you to not know because you're not ready for this. And who wants that? Who wants that? Yeah. N- death is never easy. No, no matter who, what, where, why. I mean, even the, the, the friends that are in your life that may be outside friends are still, it's death. I mean, we, we feel for people, we, you know, want to go to someone and say, I'm sorry for your loss because we understand that we don't want to have to go through that either. Or if we have, you don't want to go through it again. I agree with that completely. I remember so many times where I was like, before my mom had passed um, and hearing that other people's moms had passed, I couldn't even look at that as a subject. I'd be like, Oh, thank God it wasn't me. Like, you, you kind of feel like you're dodging a bullet in a way. And then when it happens to you, you're like, shit, now what? Now what? And I think that that's where we're all at right now is now what? Like, how do you go on 
without the person that meant so much to you? How do you go on without your grandmother, your great grandmother, your mother? Like she was all those things to all these people. And now she can't be in the physical form. I say that because again, she was very spiritual and she definitely believed what she believed. And she, in her belief, she would be with us anyway. It's just her body had given up and it had to go. And if anybody could still be around, I'm sure she will still be around like her, (laughs) the way she was with her family and her, and her friends was, was just amazing to have that much love come at you from a woman that doesn't have any ties to you but she she would just throw her love around like it was candy (laughs) candy coming out of a pinata she was that kind of woman yeah sounds like the the person who's definitely watching over her family still i hope so i really do because that she was such a huge influence for being such a little lady I mean, it would, which is funny to me because I'm, I'm a big woman. I'm, I'm almost 5'10 and I've always been a head taller than everybody and probably weighed 25, 30, 40 pounds more than my, most of my friends. Um, most of my friends, like the average height would be like five, four, five, five. So I, I stand out and this woman was just a little thing. She was so cute. And a firecracker and she was so amazing. The strength that she had, the courage she had, the faith she had, the love she had Um, for her being so little, she was very mighty, you know? So yeah, this has been, I don't know. I don't know many people that leave a mark on me the way that she did. And like I said, she moved away a bit ago. We didn't, we didn't get to see her as as, like we would have liked, but we could still call. You could still FaceTime. I remember her FaceTiming me and she took off her little bandana and she had like chicken feather hair. And oh my gosh, she used to have tons of thick, coarse hair and we dyed it red and it was beautiful. Now she had this thin, uh, very fine white gray hair and she shows me and then she just leaves her her thing that she had on her head her bandana off takes me for a tour around her house while she's got oxygen <laughs> in her nose and you know she uh she is just so cool even to be to be that cool with no hair and going through chemo and showing me the port and still just being brave and bold. I think that's the lesson that I want to keep is to, to be brave and to be bold and to walk through this journey and, and not, uh, not let it hang me up, but remember everything that she taught me. Cause there's so much to remember, but but also in a way she wanted me to let her go. And she told me that she said, my soul's not going to leave unless you guys all let go and just trust. I'll be around and trust that I have this handled and trust. I'll be back. So. 
Yeah, I think there's a, a, a lot to that of like memories only fade if you let them. Agreed. Agreed. And and there's always going to be a story. And if you can leave one or two or three stories behind with everyone, there'll always be a story to tell. Agreed. I I actually tell my friends when I do something stupid. I always say I leave a lot of shit out in the open for you guys to use in my eulogy. If you're not getting good stories, I don't know what to tell you. Make something yeah, there up. Should be, there should be a fucking notebook on you. <laughs> you. You know what I mean? Like they should bring two inch uh, five subject binders to your eulogy. There, There's going to be a, a lot to say about you for sure. I, I really do hope so. I think that if, if you're, if you made your mark on this world, people will have stories. People will have a heartfelt moments where they they think about you, whether they're they're missing you, they're grieving you, they're loving you, whatever it is. Like I hope that if I do things correctly, everybody will be left with something. And it won't For be sure. it won't be a physical something, it'll be a, a heart, heartfelt something. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we all hope we leave that behind, that we leave some kind of stamp or mark on somebody, no matter what it is. Look, I, the, I, I will probably end up being the asshole to a lot of people. As, but at least I was but at least I was me as the way they see me or or whatever. Like you're going to leave a mark. They're always not going to be good. Some of them are going to be shitty but you've left a mark. You, at least you've lived your life. I've lost um, only my uncles um, really um, on both sides, my mom and my dad. Um, my uncles ribbed the shit out of me when I was young, I would walk into the house for a family party and my uncles would be like, what the hell are you wearing? Or who, who cut your hair? Like they would just, they would jump on you. You couldn't get two feet in the door and they would be on you like stink on shit. And to me, that's what I remember. Like no matter what I do, I'll always remember my uncles as that. And I, they did it out of love because they knew that they could rattle me. And, and I think we all have stories like that with whoever passed away. Yeah, for sure. And to me, that's the important part. Um, I've lost some friends of mine over the last couple of years that were wrestler friends of mine. Um, and, and trust me when I say it, I have stories, I have crazy stories with these guys that I traveled all over with all in the same car. We would go to shows in the same car, get out, beat the shit out of each other, <laughs> get back in the car at the end of the night, drive to a restaurant and eat with each other after we literally kicked the snot out of each other. I've seen it. <laughs> so, and, and my friend Lester, he passed away last year. I mean, he was 50 years old. He had a heart attack. He had heart problems from before, but like I, I was lucky. I hadn't seen him in a lot of years and I went to a show not too long ago and I got to see him and got to say hi to him. So that was, that was good. But yeah, you're, you're right. The, the memories are all we have. And you, ha you have to keep them going, whether they're with the people and their family, or if they're only with you, 
you have to keep people's uh, memories and souls alive that way. I agree with that. I agree with that. Because that, that, That's the only thing that we're ever going to have. Right. And I think it's important, you know, stories, they tend to come out over and over again. And, and the stories that you have towards people or that people have, you have to let them say them in completion, not say, oh, yeah, you told me that or you heard that because they're processing they're processing their loss. They're processing their, the, the grieving doesn't, it doesn't end just like at a certain time, my mom's been dead 10 years and I freaked out about her not being here two days ago, 10 years. She's been gone. You think I'd get over that, but you don't the process. I I believe the process is a life process. It's, it's not something that ever completely goes away. And there's going to be times where you're like, damn, I wish they were here to, you know, I ran into so-and-so or, or man, I'd give anything for her to make whatever it is she made. Or I don't know. There's so many things like I would give anything to hear my grandfather laugh. Like he's, he had a sideways laugh. That was, it, he was up to no good, but he, he was so sweet and innocent. Everybody let it go. Like, I'm like, did you see him? Cause that laugh was telling you something and you missed it. And, but I caught it. So I, I knew him because, I, well, probably cause I took the time, but I mean, I knew him in ways that most people didn't cause they weren't paying attention. And yeah, I kind of miss that too. I would, I would give anything to have one more like, afternoon with the grandparents and my mom like if you just get them all in one place and just it'd probably end up in in them telling me I'm doing shit wrong for sure oh my gosh to to think about the stuff my mom would say that I because of what I'm doing right now or or what's happening in my life Ooh, that would be a shit show but even to hear them be pissed off or disappointed or However, I would take that just to have that time with them and it would be mm-hmm. a shit show. I, I, I'm sure, you know, they always had something to say, so they'd still have something to say, but I, I give anything for that. And so I tell people, you know, if you have your family, if you have whom, whomever it is that feels close to you, you have got to tell them you, you love them. You've got to give them the little bit extra and it's not, um, it's not stuff. It's time. It's love. It's, it's caring for each other. I think that the more memories you have when you lose somebody, the easier it is to let go because you're left with all the good stuff. You're not left wanting anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the biggest currency is time. Right. I agree with that. Because you can't, you can't buy it, can't get it back. You, you can only spend it. Yes. So spend it wisely. Um, You have the last things that I've, or the things that I've learned over the last couple of years in life and death is you have to live. Agreed. Because when you check out of here, you, you don't take shit with you. (laughs) you you can have the best car you can have the best this you can have the best that blah 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 at the end of the day none of that shit goes with you 
So if you're in a shitty relationship, get out of it and live. If you want to spend a thousand dollars on this, go spend it. Who gives a shit? You know, what's going to happen. Your kids are going to sell it when you die. (laughs) Seriously. That's how I see things. Um, And again, don't live recklessly, but live. If you, you, you have to live. It's the only thing that you have that people can't take away from you. Agreed. Agreed. But they can make you miserable in the moment if you let it happen too. You, like when in your time, you have to, you have to make every minute count. You have to just make the most of it, no matter what is going on around you. Mm-hmm. It, you, you have to. And, and I think that that's okay. So that's where I'm at right now. Like, um, ways to deal with, with grief because I've lost so many people. I got a really sick sense of humor. So here's, here's a little one for you. My brother doesn't want me to go up to see my mom in the casket by herself, uh, by myself, the day of the funeral. He wants to go with me because he's worried that I'm losing my shit and he's going to protect me. So I wait for him and he shows up with his wife at the time and his little kids. And he comes right over to me and he grabs my hand and he's like, are you ready? And I said, yeah. So the two of us walk up to see our mother. Now, she looked like hell. I I could not believe how bad she looked, but death isn't pretty. So I'm going to let it go. And. I, we were sitting there very close to one another, like arm to arm. We were right squished up next to each other. We're looking at her and um, I say to him, okay, so my mom, she used to take a lot of pills towards the end of her life. And then she, she'd be a little looped and go to light a cigarette on the stove and she'd put her head down, burn her hair. And then I'd ask her mom, you know, like, what happened to your hair right here when I would cut it or whatever? She goes, Oh, you fucked it up the last time you cut my hair. (laughs) And I'm like, are you kidding me? You burnt this. Like you could see it looks singed. No, I didn't. You fucked it up. Like, and, and you can't even, you can't deal. You can't argue. argue. No. So you just let it go and you try to cover it up. So I was sitting there looking at her and they took the burnt hair that she had singed and they curled it straight forward like a bang which my mom never wore a bang she wore her hair to the side but it looked like <laughs> you know like a tootsie roll because they they curled right, it they were straight. trying to fix it and i said to my brother as we're we're trying to mourn my mom i looked and i said teddy look look they they took mom they took mom's fucked up hair and they they curled it forward and made bangs and he and I started laughing hysterically. But again, <laughs> when we walked up to the front to see mom, the whole place went very silent. Like she died yeah. at 59. We weren't expecting her to die. Everybody was shocked and everybody was very concerned for us. And here we are sitting over or standing over her body, squished together, laughing. Now from behind us, it looked like we were in tears and we were very upset, but here we are making fun of my mom in the casket. And I'm thinking, okay, this is the sickest I've ever been. And I laughed at that part in Pulp Fiction where they blew the guy's head off in the car and made a big mess. And 
that's not a good part. If you haven't seen Pulp Fiction, look for that part. It's it's hilarious, but it's so sick and twisted that you it's would amazing. laugh at it. It really gets, lets you see how how wrong you are <laughs> when it comes to having mm-hmm. a sense of humor sometimes. So so we were laughing at, at my mom during that time. And, and the energy between us shifted. It went from being really heavy and dark and, and really we were incapable of dealing with that much loss at the moment. So having a sick and twisted sense of humor really helped us through that. And, and yeah, the, we got really dark at times, but that was some, that was one of the things we did. Another thing that uh, my family and I do is your mama jokes far before any of the moms in our family died, we did your mama jokes. So Mm -hmm. My mom had just passed a week before my cousin, he's in my house, like, and I'm sitting there talking to him and I'm like, you, you need to put some lotion on your elbows. They're really ashy. And he turned around and he said, your mama's ashy. Now we had had just gotten her ashes back. They were sitting on the table (laughs) just a few yards from us. And the, and again, everybody was like silent. Oh and, and my I, goodness. I just went ah, and started laughing. So everybody else laughed. And then your mama jokes were just even more of a thing after that. But again, the sense of humor, it's important to have. And I know we're, we're getting close on time, but there were a few other things that I came up on ways to deal. And that is in, in long-term illnesses, you're sitting there and you're waiting things to happen like oh god what if it's this that takes them out or what if it's that you really go through that a lot with a long-term illness and i would say that you treat every day as if the if it's going to be the person's last so if you have something to say you need to say it if you have love to show you need to show it like now is not the time to be bitching and complaining that this person did or didn't do something for you and to just let it go so that the time that you're spending with them is maximized and you'll feel better and you won't have all the resentment and the guilt and the frustration because you just let it go. Cause at the end of a person's life, it, it's, it doesn't even matter. You know, fighting over that one Christmas doesn't matter anymore. You know, not, mm-hmm. there's so many things. There's so many things that I fought with my mom about that weren't important, but I like to fight with her. So that was one of our things that we did. But the good thing about her is she didn't take it personal and and I didn't take it personal for too long. So we were able to work through it and let it go so that the memories that I have stayed on a positive. But but you have to work at that. You have to work at letting yourself be vulnerable and knowing that you're not going to have the answers until it's time, like whatever is going on in your life know that when it happens, you'll do the right thing. You'll have the right answers. You'll, you'll be able to come up with something that, that will make it okay. Just have faith in yourself that you could get through it because getting through, it's just the hardest part of it all. And, And you have to find ways that you could deal and just know that when they die, you'll be ready. You won't be ready until it's time. So you just have to be patient and just love them through whatever transition they need to make. And 
I think those are some of the ways I, that I, that I came up with that I've told people. And I think I've helped relationships. Like I told my friend, really, is that really worth fighting with your mom? Does it really matter that much? Cause I'd give anything to have that time you're spending fighting with your mom. And I'd probably be fighting too, but I would want to do that with my mom. Is that how you want to, to leave it? Like, there was nothing I didn't tell my mom. I was way too forward on what I said. So she knew me. So at the end of my life if, or at the end of our life together, if we were fighting, it was, it was some bickering of whatever we were doing at the time, but it, it served a purpose and it wasn't something that split us up. And I think that people, if, if you come away from anything, time is so short. Like love all you can live as hard as you can enjoy every moment. Let a lot of the shit of being offended, go, let it go and, and start living a better life by having better relationships while you can, because after, after they're gone, all you want is that five more minutes or one more day or one more conversation or one more hug and you don't get it then you get your memories. You could have those, you play back everything. And that's, um, that's, I guess what I wanted to say on the subject. No, I, I would agree with, you know, a hundred percent of what you said. The, the, the thing is this for me is, is that there's, there's a lot of ways of looking at it. The little things matter, but you can't dwell on. Right. You know, you, Time is, is limited. It, as soon as you're born, you're dying. You, you have to look at life that live every day to its fullest, whether it's sitting on the couch, eating chips, playing video games or traveling the world. You, you have to try to live every single day. And as long as you're living every single day to its fullest, regardless, you're living your life. How to grieve death is a whole other thing for me. I, I'm still learning how to grieve. Um, I, I, I've learned a lot from this. I think, yes, memories should be the top notch thing of what we try to do. And with those memories, continue to talk to other people, continue to tell those stories so they never truly die, you know, in the minds of everyone. You know, this is just, this is just a husk. I agree. A soul, a soul is in it. And when it leaves, it leaves. And you're just a hollow shell. Um, we have to remember the people who passed with all our memories and all our stories and continue to tell them. And I think the person who passed away in your life, you will continue to take what you learned from her and teach other people. And her memories will always be in your head to continue to remember them in the, the best way you can. Absolutely. And to have that, to have somebody that would open themselves up to me in the way that she did and love on me in the way that she did was beyond anything that I ever could expected from a coworker, um, especially just starting out and not knowing what the heck I was doing and probably being a little too cocky and a little too wild. And she she did. She loved me through it. She taught me through it and, and she left a mark. And I hope that one day somebody will be able to say that about me. 
Well, I, I think you, you pretty much wrapped that up with, uh, <laughs> with that. That was a, that was a perfect wrap up for, uh, this week's episode. Um, I, I will, will say that, uh, uh, I'm sorry for your loss. And even though that we've talked about that, that's not the way of doing things. <laughs> it's okay. But, un- but unfortunately I think that, uh, that, that is the common one. Yes. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about this more, uh, off the air, personally from the standpoint for many 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 more more weeks right um but but i think it was a good a good thing for you to be able to talk about someone's story and listeners to maybe sit back and understand that their memories of the people who've passed away in their life uh it's important to continue to to give those away give those to your kids give those to your friends tell the stories let these people live on in memories and they'll continue to teach us uh, for many more years. And also the more stories you tell, the more people get to know you and they know what you've been through and the better the, the, the better relationship you will have with that person as well. Correct. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Tina. Thank you. I am the professor. We are going to end this episode for this week. And remember, boys and girls, don't get this twisted. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next week.